1: Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Wow! Don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game
2: is over. The Irish is upset. Florida State. Notre Dame is number one.
1: And Notre Dame basketball. Number one ranked UCLA Bruins have been upset by the Irish of Notre Dame. Good! Enrique wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Plus fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame, 3.7 seconds
2: away from a spot in the national championship game.
1: The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBTradio.com the free WSBT radio app big time audits now here's your host seven-time associated press broadcasting award winner Darren Pritchett
3: and a pleasant good evening everyone welcome to Budweiser's weekday sports beat On your home of the Fighting Irish and the Sun Bowl, Notre Dame taking on Oregon State, the Irish and the Beavers down in El Paso. Eight minutes after five o'clock on this Friday, December the 15th of 2023, 10 days until Christmas, holy cow. Time is flying, football season, Went by in the blink of an eye, didn't it? At least the regular season. Now we're to the bowl and playoff season. In college football, the NFL's coming down to the wire of their regular season. And now with college football kind of taking a back seat for a couple of weeks until the playoffs start, the NFL, there's like going to be a game on Thursdays, Saturdays, Sundays, Mondays, nonstop. National Football League action. And for Bears fans, I feel like you've got a little better product to be entertained. At least the defense is looking a whole lot better there in Chicago. Holy cow, what's going on? (laughs) Sorry about that. Boy, oh boy, people are just wanting to talk like crazy here in the studio. I don't know what's going on. But anyway, as I was saying, the Bears defense has looked really good. Montez Sweat coming over from the Commanders. To be this team's, I think, really outstanding pass rusher for years to come is a big, big deal. That was a savvy move by the Bears organization, pick it up. Sweat, defense is coming together. The offense, will they stick with Justin Fields? Will they stick with that number one pick and go for a Caleb Williams, the quarterback from USC? A lot of big decisions coming up. But at least it's nice to see one side of the football in pretty good shape going into 2024, at least as we see it right now. Bears are putting together a pretty good defense, and we'll see what the offense looks like in 2024. Maybe a lot of changes coming up. All right, Bears play on Sunday. They're going to take on the Browns in Cleveland. We've got the Colts and the Steelers on our sister station, 96-1 the ton tomorrow. Later tomorrow night, Lions trying to get back on track. They're back at home taking on the upstart Denver Broncos have so some good NFL action coming up this week. And the schedule, i got to be honest, isn't great. But with all the teams jammed together at the back end of the NFC and AFC playoffs, a lot of very important games coming up over the next couple of days. Well, over the next two hours here on Budweiser's Weekday Beat, we've got a little bit of everything. We'll talk some Notre Dame football coming up in this opening segment. Riley Mills is coming back. A little more. Conversation on the Irish offense next year with Riley Leonard now in charge of the Notre Dame offense coming over from Duke to play quarterback. We'll take a look at the Colts' big opportunity tomorrow down at Lucas Oil Stadium. Later on in the hour, some thoughts on the offensive tackles that will be available atop the 2024 NFL draft, including Notre Dame's Joe Alt. He may not be the number one tackle selected he'd be my guy but I watch this guy every day and some of the other guys that might be considered ahead of all I haven't seen as much but I can think of one play in three years where I said what happened to Joe Alt?" it was that play at Louisville where he just something happened I don't know what it was but got off balance pushed back it was bizarre to see because it never happens and I think that might be the only time it happened in three years. And I'm just looking at the top of the draft. There are a lot of teams that are looking for that left tackle. You can draft, put him right on the field as a rookie, and then they are your guy for the next decade, protecting your quarterback's backside. If your quarterback is a right-handed thrower, we've got our Twitter question of the day coming up. We'll look at the college football playoffs. If we had a 12 team playoff this year, we've got, a look back at some of my friends on the program talking about Riley Leonard joining this Fighting Irish football program coming up in the 6 o'clock hour. It's kind of a, a recap and a montage of some of the thoughts from my co-hosts and guests throughout the week talking about new Notre Dame quarterback Riley Leonard. So that comes your way in the 6 o'clock hour. And we've got some sports wagering talk in Sizzler, back-to-back 3-1 and nights. Yeah, I got to admit, I'm embarrassed. I did take the Chargers plus three, but the other three hit last night. So that makes it a little better. Still embarrassing to take the Chargers when they lose. 63-21, and we're down 42-0 at halftime. Six, seven minutes into the game, it was over. I'm like, well, I better hit the player props because Chargers plus three is not the right side. That's when you go live and you start – Jumping on the Raiders a tad bit, but that was not a good pick. But my Michael Mayer, over 19 and a half receiving yards hit last night. He had 39, two others hit. We'll recap those picks coming up at the end of the program. And also, I've got my six-pack of NFL selections. They'll come your way in Sizzler. I will pick Colts, Bears, Lions, and also have a Lion prop for you coming up at the end of the program right before the 7 o'clock hour here on WSBT Radio. High school basketball fans, if you want to catch some high school hoops tonight, our sister station, one, the ton, is the place to be. Sometime between 7.15 and 7.30, pregame coverage begins from the Cave. NLC opener, the Concord Minutemen at 5-1, taking on the Mishawaka Caveman at 3-1. Mishawaka finally gets to play a home game after four straight road games to start the year. Coming off a win over Michigan City earlier in the week. Cavemen, Minutemen coming up tonight on ninety-six-one. The Ton. Brian Miller and the coach, Ryan Heklinski, will have the call for you. Probably the game will get started sometime between 7.30 and 7.45, just depending how long the old JV game takes at the Cave tonight. And congratulations to Mishawaka football. Turf is coming to Steel Stadium in 2024 maybe we can put some basketball banners up now in the oldest active basketball gym in the state because we have volleyball and football banners how about some basketball banners in a basketball gym that would be nice if you could put that on your checklist going forward all right here we go let's get started with our program here on Budweiser's weekday sports beat from sports radio 960 WSBT and off we go with Some Notre Dame football conversation. Riley Mills is coming back. This is massive news for the Fighting Irish football program. Earlier in the week, you got Howard Cross back. And you're like, yes. I mean, that's a guy that could have left for the National Football League. He's coming back for a sixth year. And so you've got your nose guard in place, and now you've got your defensive tackle Riley Mills is back for a fifth year, 6'5, 306. Had a stellar 2023 campaign. And let me just remind those that don't maybe think of defensive linemen in this way you can't always just look at their stats. In particular, interior defensive linemen. They are not going to have the flashy tackle numbers that linebackers are going to have. But Excellent interior defensive line play can free up linebackers to grab a bunch of tackles, and these two guys can do that. But you know what? They're also pretty good at bringing down guys themselves. Mills got double teamed a lot this year, which opened up other people, and Mills ended up with 45 tackles in 12 games, two-and-a-half sacks, five-and-a-half tackles for loss. Again, what he does for this defense, not everything shows up in the stats that I just passed along to you. So far, in 47 games for the Irish, that includes 22 starts, 92 career tackles for Riley Mills, nine-and-a-half sacks, 16-and-a-half tackles for loss. So, when we open up the 2024 campaign, and heck, we might as well talk about What's happening in just about two weeks, the Sun Bowl, you've got these two guys ready to roll. That is a problem for the Oregon State offensive line. Howard Cross and Riley Mills, they are together in that game and in 2024. So you get those two guys back. You get Jack Kaiser to return, which obviously helps your linebacking core. He has position flexibility. If J.D. Bertrand goes to the NFL draft, which we kind of assume he will, accepting a postseason all-star game bowl opportunity, even if Bertrand doesn't play in the Sun Bowl, this holds true as well. Kaiser could be your middle linebacker. He can play on the outside as well. I guess I don't want to speak for everybody on the beat, but the people on my show that talk to you about Notre Dame football, I think, I can include them in my opinion that we feel like safety Xavier Watts is going to come back. It seems like we have a comeback or two each day. It's been kind of quiet today. Mills last night. So nothing from Xavier Watts. So maybe that's a really good sign that a award winner led the nation in interceptions. Looks like he might be back at safety. So all of a sudden you're putting together A really good defense in 2024, a defense this year that was number one in the country in pass efficiency defense across the board. They were really, really good. Now, you lose Cam Hart to the National Football League. We expected that. This is a good thing. When you have kids developing, making plays, excelling, wanted by the next level, this is a major positive. Of course, you want to see your favorite players play all four years at Notre Dame. But if you get three years out of players and they're off to the NFL, that means that position coach is doing some really, really good things to get that player ready and excelling here at the University of Notre Dame. So not all bad. So right now, the Irish will be without what I count six starters for the Sun Bowl quarterback Sam Hartman a change of heart will not play in the Sun Bowl against Oregon State hello Steve Jelly. he'll get his first start here in South Bend for the Irish you've got running back Audric Estime over 2300 rushing yards in his Notre Dame career number seven was awesome for this program great on the field I think he was great for the program. Overall, you turned on a Notre Dame game. If you're not a fan of the Irish and like, wow, man, that's seven guy. He's physical. He's big, but man, he's got some good feet as well. He reminds me of that other old Notre Dame Pittsburgh Steeler running back, Jerome Bettis. Audric Estime was so good for Notre Dame. The Sun Bowl for Notre Dame, also without your two starting offensive tackles. This is probably the biggest concern short term of anything. You lose your anchors. Maybe the best offensive tackle accommodation in college football. If they're not number one, I will safely say they're in the top five Joe Alt and Blake Fisher. And you look at the Fighting Irish offense. This is going to be an early look at 2024. I'm excited to see Emil Wagner, 6'6, 288. One of the guys that has an inside opportunity at a starting spot in 2024. Also missing on defense, linebacker Maris Leafau, and just mentioned this guy, cornerback Cam Hart. Hart departing for the Sun Bowl means Jaden Mickey gets that opportunity to start opposite of Benjamin Morrison. I'm sure we'll see a lot of Christian Gray as well, who excelled as a young player in a limited role for the Fighting Irish this year so a lot of big names gone Maris Leifau going to the NFL opting out of the Sun Bowl again you could see some parts moved around you might see a little bit more of the young guy Jalen Sneed in this game probably a whole lot more of J.D. Bertrand opts out moving parts again Kaiser going to the middle more than likely could mean a little bit more of Mr. Sneed on the field which I'm sure most Irish fans are looking forward to Up next in our opening topics for this Friday, a lot of buzz within the Irish fan base, and rightfully so, about Duke quarterback Riley Leonard joining this Fighting Irish football program. You would have to imagine a little bit of what we saw at Duke. We will see here in South Bend. Riley Leonard was really good in the RPO system. You can have a read option play where it's not always going to be the running back now getting the football, which is kind of the way it was with Sam Hartman and maybe a Jack Cohn. Now you've got a major threat running the football at the quarterback position. So the read option is going to be a little more challenging for opposing defenses in 2024 with Riley Leonard at quarterback. We saw him against the fighting Irish, 18 carries, 88 yards. When Duke decided to unleash Riley Leonard carrying the football, it changed the complexion of that football game. This great Notre Dame defense had their hands full with Leonard running the football. That's what this coaching staff is hoping to create here at Notre Dame. Riley Leonard causing havoc running the football. Loading the box has been an issue for a while now for Notre Dame offenses. It was again this year against teams that were at least halfway good on the defensive side of the football. There were not many pushbacks by the fighting Irish offense. Now you've got a bit of a trump card against loading the box. Riley Leonard has to be accounted for, unlike Sam Hartman, and that is going to be a major plus for this Notre Dame defense. Plus, man, this guy's... Big, physical. Again, I'm not going to compare him to Tim Tebow of Florida. That's a Heisman Trophy winner. But he has that it factor. He has that physical body look. Can take over a game running the football. He just got that it factor. And if you want to watch the Duke-Clemson game from last fall, the first game of the year, Duke, at that time we could call it an upset over Clemson. Leonard catches your eye in that ball game. And to me, I mentioned this to, I believe, Eric Hansen on last night's program, Riley Leonard seems like a Marcus Freeman quarterback. What do I mean by that? We all know Marcus is a terrific defensive mind, an outstanding defensive coordinator at Cincinnati and one year at Notre Dame. And defensive coaches normally love the offense, to eat up time, run that football well, no turnovers, no short field for the defense. You want to rest your defense as a defensive coach. You want to keep them on the sideline as much as possible, keep them fresh. An outstanding running game can do that. Sam Hartman is a guy you don't turn down, trust me. This guy had impeccable numbers at Wake Forest in the slow mesh offense and the pro style and with other variables around him not excelling. It didn't work out as well as we maybe thought it was going to. We thought he was the trump card for eight men of the box, but there were other difficulties around Sam Hartman that made that much more challenging. So, yeah, you don't turn down Hartman, but now you've got a guy that can help control the football, power running game enhanced even further. I think a defensive-minded coach loves Riley Leonard, how he can take control of a football game. And I think Leonard's running ability, again, can help you with people loading the box against this Fighting Irish football team. It helps when the traditional run game is not going the way you want it to. Leonard can offset that. You don't have Audric Estime anymore as of right now. And again, I hate to say that, but We're not to the end of the portal yet for this cycle. January 2nd, I believe, the portal closes. I feel like I need to say, as of right now, anybody we talk about is still with Notre Dame, and we hope they're going to be with the Irish at the Sun Bowl and beyond. But right now, Jeremiah Love and Jadarian Price would be your top running backs, we would assume, for the Sun Bowl and into 2024. So the read option with Leonard and Love. I love that. Can't wait to see that. That's going to be a lot of fun. The passing game, I think, is a little bit more up in the air. A young man in Riley Leonard that I think still has room to grow throwing the football. He still has a ceiling that he has not reached, and I'm very excited about that. Still inconsistent making all the throws. This year, the injury against Notre Dame slowed him down. 2022, the the Duke schedule was weak. This year, Louisville, Clemson, Florida State, Notre Dame. A lot more difficulties. And again, the injury was a factor, but the numbers took a major step back in 2023. Can the Irish offensive coaching staff make Riley Leonard a better thrower of the football? That is the biggest storyline of the offseason. Because if you can get Riley Leonard to be a more consistent thrower of the football, when you couple that with his running ability, the RPO system, you have a chance to have an extremely exciting offense. An offense that you as an Irish fan would be eager to see each week. You hate the six days in between games because you want to see these guys again. You know, it's a big if, and, and, but, but it's possible. So getting Riley into this system, getting him familiar with the parts around him. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts going into this offseason. You've added a couple of new wide receivers and Chris Mitchell from Florida International, a speedster, a guy that can go deep. Then you've got Clemson's Bo Collins. Highly sought after coming out of high school. Good. Not off the chart great at Clemson. We've heard about Clemson's wide receivers. Not as good as they were when they were winning national championships. And we'll see if Collins can take a step up in his level of play under new wide receiver coach Mike Brown. Maybe they add the Wake Forest kid, Jamil Banks, who I think would be the best of the three portal additions This would be a pretty big one. When I first heard it, I was like, eh. Then I dug into it a little more, and I see now why people have wrote that, yeah, this Banks kid could be a big addition. Sounds like he's visiting, so that is a major positive. But Riley Leonard will be joining an Irish program. Just mentioned the two new starting tackles. That is a massive storyline as well in the offseason. Emil Wagner, is he ready to go? Tosh Baker, he's been around here a while. Is this his time? Does he get passed by? By another player further down the line. It appears Notre Dame's got some offensive linemen that they feel really good about that are coming quickly. Let's see if Baker can grab a spot, or is it somebody else that's going to jump up and grab a tackle spot? Interesting offseason for the Irish offense. Some familiar guys. Alt. Fisher, Estime, Tyree, Merriweather. For a year, Hartman, all gone. New parts coming in. Last year, the offense, great against teams that were, eh, against teams that are, it was, ugh. So a lot to work on, to build on from this year. Schedule, as of right now, in between Texas A&M and Florida State, extremely positive for Notre Dame to get rolling. If you win at AM, and m there's a really good chance you're undefeated when Florida State rolls to South Bend. And then we start talking about big picture getting to the 12-team college football playoff in 2024. 5.31, we're in the midst of our opening topics for Budweiser's weekday sports beat for this Friday. Now we go to the National Football League. And it's one of those games that could look even more important when we get to the last week of the regular season and we're into tiebreakers to figure out who's going to the postseason. Because right now the AFC kind of has a train wreck from the 4 seed down to the 11 seed. All those teams are separated by one game included in that demolition derby the indianapolis colts who start this weekend as the seventh and final seed in the afc the colts are seven and six we've forgotten about anthony richardson now the number four overall pick out of florida quarterback went down with a shoulder injury gardner Minshew has taken over there are moments he makes you cringe but the kid has played extremely well they battled through taylor going down with an injury zach moss Jump back into the starting running back spot. Well, the Colts, when you think big picture and tiebreakers and head-to-head, they've got the Steelers at Lucas Oil Stadium tomorrow. Pittsburgh is also 7-6. and six. As of right now, the Steelers are the 6th seed. The Colts are the 7th seed. The loser of this game obviously falls to 7-7. Seven and seven, And how far down the line will they tumble? There are six teams in the AFC that are seven and six. They are seated six through 11 right now. In order, Steelers, Colts, Texans, Broncos, Bengals, Bills. So you've got the Steelers and Colts playing. Then below the playoff line, the Texans, who will not have quarterback C.J. Stroud this weekend suffered a concussion at MetLife Stadium against the New York Jets last Sunday, a game that the Texans lost, and it wasn't even close, surprisingly. So now the Texans, with their backup quarterback, they have to go to Nashville to take on the Tennessee Titans, who got a boost of confidence, that incredible comeback on Monday night, knocking off the Miami Dolphins. Texans without Stroud. Let's see what happens David Mills will get the call, the former Stanford quarterback, against the Titans. Then you've got the Broncos. They were 1-5. Sean Payton has turned this ship around. They are 7-6, and since giving up 70 points to the Dolphins earlier in the year, the last seven games, Denver is number one in the NFL in takeaways, number one in third down defense, and only giving up 16 points per game. And they've beaten some really good teams along the way. Kansas City and Buffalo Buffalo highlight the list. So now Denver, after taking care of the Chargers in L.A. last Sunday, go to Detroit tomorrow to take on the Lions. Who are the Lions right now? They looked like a contender for the number one seed in the NFC three weeks ago. But things have changed. When they're on the road, outside, Jared Goff has had his issues. That's well known. But now they're back at Ford field for this matchup. Denver against the run, not the greatest. Maybe Gibbs and Montgomery give this offense a lift. You gotta watch out for Patrick Sertan, the former Alabama star, now the star of the Broncos defense at corner. Not many teams have thrown at Sertan, and the Irish, I'm sorry, the Denver defense has gotten creative with that fact. They're bringing safeties down to try to stop running games because that is a weakness. That's a massive game. But the Texans are an underdog. The Broncos are an underdog. The Bengals are a slight favorite at home against the Vikings. Jake Browning, the former Washington quarterback, has been really good for the Bengals. Now they get Minnesota coming off a 3 nothing win at Las Vegas on Sunday. And then you got the Bills. They're home against the Cowboys. So with the Steelers and Colts playing, I mentioned the loser falls to 7-7, but I'm not sure how far they would fall back because the Texans could lose to the Titans, the Broncos. They are the underdog in Detroit. Bengals probably beat the Vikings and the Bills Cowboys at coin flips, so maybe the loser does not fall down too far, and then we'll have a bunch of teams at 7-7. But Colts and Steelers, that is going to be a massive contest down in indian colt fans you got to be thrilled right now did anybody feel like this was going to happen 7 and 6 especially with anthony richardson out of the lineup done for the year with shoulder surgery you got to feel really good right now colt fans have to feel like they're playing with house money at the current time and they should in my opinion beat the steelers tomorrow that gets them to 8 and 6 and if the jaguars lose to the ravens monday night Colts and Jaguars are tied for first in the AFC South. Massive game for the Horseshoes. All right, 5.36 is our time. My name is Darren Pritchett. When we come back, a little offensive tackle discussion. Joe Alt may not be the first tackle taken in the draft, but that doesn't mean he doesn't go in the top 10. We'll have that conversation coming up, plus our Twitter question of the day is on the way before the end of this five o'clock hour my name is Darren Pritchett thank you so much for joining us on 960 AM WSBT we are streaming live at wsbtradio.com the WSBT radio app and a video feed of the studio coming your way on the twitch app we'll be right back 19 minutes in front of 6 o'clock, Budweiser's weekday sports beat continues. On 9:60 a.m. WSBT, live streaming at WSBTRadio.com, our free WSBT Radio app, and on the Twitch app. We are being brought to you by Budweiser, the King of Beers. Happy holidays from United Beverage Company of South Bend. Sports fans, this Bud's for you. By Barnabys of Mishawaka and Granger. Now with three locations serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. By Bethel University's Adult and Graduate Studies. Visit BethelUniversity.edu slash SolidGround for details. By the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. This holiday season, give the gift of hope to a hungry neighbor. Learn more at FeedIndiana.org. By Midland Engineering Company, beginning their second century of quality roofing experience. By the Mishawaka Education Foundation, granting a better future. And by South Bend Orthopedics, trusted in the community for 75 years. Darren Pritchett back with you. Just a couple of moments ago, we spent a little time discussing the Irish offense. The early look at the Irish offense, 2024, big part of the 23 offense. Offensive tackle Joe Alt earlier this week, the expected announcement took place. The Irish starting left tackle the last two and a half years is off to the NFL. He has opted out of the Sun Bowl. He'll be rooting on his teammates down in El Paso. And we've known for a while now that when Joe Alt decided to go to the National Football League, immediately he would be a candidate to be selected in the top 10 of the next NFL draft. That next draft is coming up in April of 2024. I think most seasons, Joe Alt is the number one tackle taken in the National Football League draft, and I would argue he probably should be this go-around, but there is a sentiment that Alt may not be number one. In fact, he might not be number two. If he's the third tackle off the board, there's going to be one lucky slash happy National Football League team that they got the number three offensive tackle in that draft. It feels like When the Baltimore Ravens, two years ago, took Irish safety Kyle Hamilton, I think we all knew this was an impact player immediately and over a long term. But we know how the NFL draft works. It's all about the quarterback position. It's about defensive ends, getting after the quarterback in a pass-happy league. Then you need great offensive tackles to slow down those pass rushers. Well, this is a year in which apparently there are some high-end offensive tackles that could be taken all in the top 10. One of the more respected draft analysts, he has done it for such a long time, kind of the godfather of the NFL draft. That's ESPN's Mel Kuyper Jr. He had a conversation recently on ESPN about the upcoming NFL draft. And this is what he had to say, quote, basically... Because number eight to number 15 is a similar grade, so you're really splitting hairs there. So you would say number 15, he could be number eight, could be number nine. It's a very similar grade. Basically, they almost have the same grade. It's just when you stack them up, it's basically how I put them in. I could have easily put Alt a little higher, so there's really We're really not on a different page there, even though it may look like it, because the grades are so close and basically they're the same between number eight and number 15. Kuiper had one tackle ahead of Alt in his prospect rankings. Washington's Troy Fautenu at number 14. Also, Penn State's Alou Fashinu. He could be the number one tackle taken. So you've got three really, really good tackles. As Kuyper had Alt going number 15 in the draft, I don't expect that to happen, but that's where things are lining up, at least on his board, at the current time. Kuyper went on to say, he explained that positional versatility and a few aspects that showed up on tape elevated Fontenot above alt. So the Washington offensive tackle has talked a little bit more here. By Kuiper. Quote, I put him there because I love the way he plays. I love the versatility as a left tackle who will be and don't write off right tackle for him. I think he could be a right tackle. He's still developing. He's still getting better. He loves to play. He is so to steal a Booger McFarland word. Physicality of Fonadu is off the charts. We saw what he did in the Pac-12 championship game, so I have him slightly ahead of Alt, end quote. That is Mel Kuyper of ESPN. Finally, he says, quote, but as far as tackles go, I think he's going to stack up right there near the top again. I watched. I'm a big Notre Dame fan. Maybe I watched them too much. I like Joe Alt, his father, what he did in the NFL, so the bloodlines are strong. He's a good football player. He's great, end quote. So just using what the draft would be if it happened today. Now, we are through week 14, so a lot of football to go, and these teams are going to jockey for position over the next few weeks. But right now, the Chicago Bears still have the number one pick in the draft, courtesy of that trade they made with the Carolina Panthers last year to get Alabama quarterback Bryce Young. Sounds like a lot of the Panthers front office folks, and Frank Reich, the old head coach, They were very, very interested in C.J. Stroud, but the owner wanted Bryce Young, and the owner wins. Not going so well now. Carolina, one win on the season. So the Bears, more than likely, it sounds like, they'll move Justin Fields and take a quarterback like Caleb Williams. Even if the Bears keep Justin Fields, you would have to imagine they're going to move out of this spot, accumulate more picks to continue to develop their roster. New England would be number two right now. It sounds like Bill Belichick won't return as head coach. They probably will go after a quarterback because Mac Jones just has not worked out. Granted, put in a tough spot with the weird offensive coordinator set up last year in his sophomore campaign. He has not recovered this year with Bill O'Brien as the offensive coordinator. So you would have to imagine. Whoever takes Chicago's pick at one, or if Chicago takes the number one pick, that's a quarterback. New England, that's a quarterback. Then you get to a host of teams that are in line to take an offensive tackle. If the Cardinals stick with Kyler Murray, they could be looking for an offensive tackle at three. I bet you they go Marvin Harrison out of Ohio State, the receiver, instead. But at least offensive tackle would be considered. Washington at four, if they're going to stick with Sam at quarterback, the right-hander out of North Carolina, then maybe offensive tackle there as well. But that could be a quarterback pick. At five, the L.A. Chargers have Herbert. They fired their head coach and their GM today, so who knows what direction they're going to go. They could use an offensive tackle at five. Six and seven could use an offensive tackle. Bears fans, you would take Joel, I would assume, at the number six position. That's a possibility. The Jets are looking for a left tackle to protect Aaron Rodgers and his Achilles or whatever injury ended up having. Jets are sitting at seven right now. Then there's probably some other teams looking for other things, but three through seven right now would be teams interested in a tackle. And if all is the number two tackle, it would seem he's a lock to go in the top 10. If he's the third tackle, he might fall a little further down the line, but it's just hard to imagine Joe Alt leaving the top 15 of the 2024 National Football League draft. Ten minutes in front of the top of the hour. I'm Darren Pritchett. We have our Twitter question of the day results from yesterday. It was a landslide. We'll tell you about the question and the results in a couple of moments. And we've got a weekend question for you involving Notre Dame transfer portal players and Added. That's coming up in a couple of moments on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960, WSBT, South Bend.
1: This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sportsbeat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960, WSBT.
3: 555 at WSBT. Darren Pritchett back with you. Well, our Twitter X question of the day, which is found by the way on my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat. We had a fun question yesterday, we thought. The question was simply this. If Notre Dame fails to make the 2024 12 team college football playoff, would you call the season a failure? We had 800 votes, so a pretty good number. It was an absolute landslide. 5% said no, but 95% said if Notre Dame fails to make a 12-team playoff next year, the season is nothing more or less than a failure. Well, you've got those automatic bids to go to conference champions. Of course, the Irish cannot be a conference champion. They cannot be a top-four seed in the college football 12-team playoff. The best they can be, even if they're number one in the rankings, they would only be the five seed and might have to play in the snow and the cold at Notre Dame Stadium against a 12-seed just to get to the quarterfinals of the college football playoff. That's the path. Players would be ready to roll. But if they don't make that 12-team playoff, you think the season's a failure, simply put. Very interesting. We appreciate your vote. And honestly, I can't blame you for voting that way. Especially with the talent, it looks like the Irish have coming back on the defensive side of the football. The running game should be in good hands. We'll see what the passing game looks like. You got to worry about the tackles, but this looks like a team that is building towards something very good. The schedule as of right now appears very doable. So if you go nine and three, it's going to be a failure by this vote. But that's kind of where we are with this Fighting Irish Football program. Last year, went 9-4. and four. They're 9-3 and three this year, playing basically a scrimmage against Oregon State in the Sun Bowl, a chance to get to 10. You win 10 next year, you're in the conversation. I'm not going to guarantee anything because the committee is the committee. I would have to think 10-2, and two, Notre Dame, they're going to be in pretty good shape. Just don't get swept by A&M, Florida State, USC. I think we know how that story would end. So 95% of voters called the Irish season a failure if they miss next year's 12-team college football playoff. We thank you for voting. And now here is the question for today and this weekend. This is our sports beat at Inside Indie Sports. Twitter question of the day, which of, and this next word is in capital letters, which of these Notre Dame transfer portal ads will turn out to be the most important? I did not include quarterback Riley Leonard because he would win with probably over 95% of the vote. So basically we're going for the number two spot at the current time. So which of these Notre Dame transfer portal ads will turn out to be the most important? Two on offense, two on defense. Wide receiver, Bo Collins from Clemson. From Florida International, wide receiver, Chris Mitchell. Defensive end, RJ Oben from Duke. Or Arizona State corner, Jordan Clark. We'd love to get your opinion, you can vote. Today into tomorrow, my Twitter X account is at 960 Sportsbeat. We'll have the results on Monday. Actually, no, we will not. We don't have a show on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or Friday. I'm off again next week. Move vacation before Christmas because we're kind of busy the week after Christmas with a lead up to the Sun Bowl and the Sun Bowl itself. So, We'll put this one on the back burner of the results. We'll get them to you on the 26th of December when the program resumes. Until then, enjoy our question and enjoy the holiday season. We've reached the top of the hour, 6 o'clock, on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960, WSBT, South Bend.
1: You can listen to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat live or on demand with our free WSBT radio app. Just search WSBT Radio in the App Store and Google Play. Now, back to local sports talk on Sports Beat with your host, Darren Pritchett.
3: All right, this is a bit of a shorter segment because I wanted to spend some time in the next segment offering you a collage of conversations from the week centered around the addition of quarterback Riley Leonard to the Notre Dame football program. So that segment is coming up next. It is fun to look at what the college football playoffs would look like this year had there been a 12-team playoff. And there could have been a 12-team playoff at that alliance that didn't last very long. ACC, Big 12, Pac-12, they basically blocked the 12-team playoffs so what could it have looked like it's very interesting to see the bracket number one Michigan would sit around and wait for one heck of a first round matchup number eight Oregon hosting number nine Missouri number four Alabama a conference champion they would interestingly get the five seed Florida State who will take on the 12 seed Liberty could Liberty beat Florida State without Jordan Travis? Well, Florida State's defense is still off the chart awesome. But without Jordan Travis, the offense looks a whole lot different. So if FSU got by Liberty, it would be fun at this point to have Alabama and Florida State play in the quarterfinals to settle the whole conversation once and for all. Then in the bottom half of what would be a 12-team bracket this year, The two seed, the Washington Huskies, the champions of the Pac-12, and I hope you caught our show last night. If not, check it out on demand at WSBTradio.com or the WSBT Radio app. Former South Bend Tribune Notre Dame football writer, Mike Varell, now with the Seattle Times, offered us some good insight on Washington. The Huskies in the quarterfinals would take on the winner of an all-Big Ten matchup. We saw this game. Earlier in the year, I don't know if I really want to see it again. It would be the 10 seed Penn State going back to Columbus where it was an offensive disaster taking on number seven Ohio State. So you could have Washington and the Buckeyes in the quarterfinals. And the bottom part of the bracket, at the very, very bottom, you got the champions of the Big 12, the Texas Longhorns as the three seed. In the quarterfinals, they would get the winner of an all-SEC matchup. Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin in the playoffs. All those press conferences would be really good. It would be Ole Miss going between the hedges to take on the 6th seed Georgia. Amidst all the controversy with Alabama and Florida State, could the committee explain to me how Florida State is the five and Georgia is the six. If we're having this conversation about Florida State being this level of team without Jordan Travis, wouldn't Georgia smoke Florida State? So why is Georgia behind Florida State? At the end of the day, eh. But to make the committee look better, they probably should have thought about that. They didn't. Here we are. So you could have in the quarterfinals – Michigan versus Oregon, Alabama, Florida State, Washington, Ohio State, Texas, Georgia. That's what we have to look forward to next year. In fact, Arizona I think would be the four seed. They would be kind of the champions of the new look Big 12 if you use this year's records. Hmm. That's where there's a problem. More on that later. 6:15 at WSBT.
1: A Michiana tradition continues. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960, WSBT. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett.
3: And we welcome you back to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960, WSBT, also home for the Sun Bowl, Notre Dame taking on Oregon State. Well, the biggest news of the offseason occurred earlier this week when former Duke quarterback Riley Leonard jumped out of the transfer portal and picked the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. We spent all week talking about Riley coming to South Bend, so I put together a montage of some of our conversations with my co-hosts and guests here on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat, including ABC 57's Allison Hayes.
4: Well, you know, I'm a numbers girl, so I always like to throw the stats out there, but just stats aside... When he first put his name out there that he was going into the portal, he just, regardless of ability, regardless of his athletic capability – he feels like a Notre Dame guy, right? Like coming from Duke, you know, he's got the academics. He's got that sort of presence about him. Um, he is, you know, got that personality. He's got all of those sort of intangible things. So that aspect of it, I definitely like. I, I don't hate this pickup by any means if you're going into the portal. Um, uh, do I think he's going to be spectacular? Do I think he's a Heisman candidate? Do I think he's leading Notre Dame to a national championship? I don't know that I would get that excited about it, but I think he's a good quarterback, and I think that he is a good enough passer that he can help the offense, but he can also provide that boost with having the ability to run and, and keep the defenses uh, you know, honest. So that side of it, I, I think – I, and I think that he's probably better than Angeli. Is that fair? I don't know because we haven't really gotten to see Angeli. He's not gotten that fair shot yet. And, you know, hopefully Angeli's going to have a spectacular bowl game and then they're going to battle it out in the spring. And, you know, may the best man win. And maybe that competition is what Angeli needs if he sticks around through all of that. Um, but looking at the numbers, in three seasons at Duke 4,450 passing yards and 24 passing touchdowns. 1224 rushing yards and 19 touchdowns but the thing i like the best of those stats only 10 total interceptions so he plays clean and we've heard different things about him you know i don't know we and i've seen him do some really good things with his legs i wouldn't say that he's super fast though but he's just able to kind of make things happen with his feet he's able to you know break away break off and make you know get that first down when they desperately need it
3: then there was Blue and Gold Illustrated's Notre Dame football recruiting insider Mike Singer. We spent some time talking about the new Irish quarterback, Riley Leonard.
2: Uh, my article that I did on it was the experts react. So I talked to two um, guys at On 3, uh, J.D. Patel and Charles Power, who you know, are, are kind of national analysts and you know big college football junkies. And then Blue and Gold's Tim Hyde, who I uh, do regular uh, YouTube content with. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, both, all all three guys really raved about this pickup. Um, I I, I think this is JD told me specifically, like this is about as good as Dame could have hoped for. I mean, you're getting arguably the top passer out of the transfer portal, um, especially among the upperclassmen. Like, yeah, maybe Dante Moore, you know, because he has three years, four years left or whatever it is, but you get Riley Leonard, um, you know, in terms of just kind of that one-year rental thing, Riley Leonard might be the best one out there. So it's, it's a nice pickup for the Fighting Irish. And, uh, yeah, there, we can dive into it here. So as someone who follows, you know, I, I'm following a ton of sports, right? You know, MLS, you know, European soccer, and obviously like NFL, NBA. When someone is a free agent, the team who is looking to sign that free agent, got to they're like detectives. They have to figure out why does this team not want to re-sign you? Right. So, you know, if you're playing for the bulls and the bulls don't want to resign you and on the Pacers, wh- so what, what do I not see? Like, so you kind of have to learn, right? Why are they out there? So for college football, it's kind of becoming that, like, why is Sam Hartman hanging the portal? Um, you know, because he maybe wants one last hurrah, make some good NIL money before, you know, maybe being an NFL backup. Right. Well, you ask yourself with Riley Leonard, why is he leaving Duke? And it, it's not anything that's like a not good reason. Like he still can be a day one. Like he could still be a first round pick. It's not like he is leaving Duke to go cash in at Notre Dame. He's leaving Duke. His head coach left and it's Duke, right? He can really elevate himself, his draft status. Um, he has so much untapped potential here, Darren. Darren. So his reasons for coming here all kind of the boxes are kind of check where it's not it's not some kind of cash grab, um, you know being the you know the Notre Dame quarterback and all the NIL opportunities for him. He does have serious NFL potential. Um, like you said, he could have been you know like a day two, uh, maybe day three pick if he came out this season. Um, you know after three years at Duke, but he's going to go to Notre Dame and not only get those NIL opportunities but You know, he can be, I mean, he's 6'4, 212 pounds, um, and can really move and's got a pretty decent arm. Notre Dame hasn't had that in in quite close to a decade um, at at the quarterback position. So I think it's really exciting times for Notre Dame. Um, It is, in my opinion, it's kind of like a high floor, uh, excuse me, high ceiling, and I think kind of a lower floor, right? he could bust in Notre Dame if he just, you know, he, we know he's an outstanding athlete, but, you know, we'll, I, I know what a lot of with Duke was a lot in the short passing game. Um, so we'll see what he's like as a downfield passer in Notre Dame and, and kind of how he adjusts to the Irish offense, Darren. That's a key. Um, but, uh, yeah, for sure. But, I mean, I mean, who else is Notre Dame going to get? I mean, you could, could Notre Dame have gone out and got a better quarterback than Riley Leonard in this transfer portal? Um So I think you are got to be really excited if you're a Notre Dame fan.
3: And another conversation about the new Irish quarterback, Riley Leonard, with the publisher and editor at InsideIndieSports.com, Eric Hansen.
5: Let, let's look at through the NFL lens. Mel Kuyper had Riley Leonard as a potential first-round draft pick going into the year, whether you think that that's silly or not he never had Sam Hartman right but he never had Sam Hartman in that no bracket I would say still if Riley Leonard said I'm I just kidding I'm going into the draft instead he would get picked ahead of Sam Hartman agreed so you are looking at somebody with better traits and tools for the NFL game. Now, how about college game? I think in some ways he also has that because of his running skill set. Now, where Sam Hartman was more of a sure thing was you have all this leadership. I mean, you have a guy that his year at Notre Dame, he was a fourth-year captain a guy that got better with his passing every year. Even at Notre Dame, it was slightly better passing efficiency rating that he had at, in, in any of these years at Wake Forest in a new system. Um, but, again, Riley Leonard, 6'4", Sam Hartman's about one, Right. And And so he projects differently. Now, will he get there? That's kind of Notre Dame's job, and his job both. We talked on the phone yesterday about the three Heisman finalists, and I shared with you their stats. And if you looked at their stats, now this is from two years ago when Jaden Daniels was at Arizona State, uh, Michael Penix was at Indiana, (laughs) and and then Bo Nix was at Auburn. Or Eagle. You look at their stats, none of them were guys that you would be jumping up and down about. I mean, they would, (laughs) yeah. I mean, Tyler Buckner had as good a statistics as those guys did, but there was certainly great material there, and I think that's what you see in Riley Leonard. There is potential here that he can bring out in himself and that Notre Dame needs to bring out in him. And these other schools were able to do that with these three quarterbacks. Now, again, they had them for two years. Notre Dame only has Riley Leonard for one. But certainly, they made – I mean, Pennix made an incredible jump in one year at Washington. And I, we're going to have Mike Varell on tomorrow, and we can talk to him about that. Um, Jane Daniels was more incremental. Bo Nicks was more incremental. But it was still a significant improvement. So that's what I think is possible with Riley Leonard. I think Notre Dame fans are skeptical because Sam Hartman delivered the numbers, but he didn't deliver the fairy tale. And that's what they wanted. They wanted the surprise season because Sam Hartman was here. And I understand that because we've been saying the missing piece is a quarterback. The missing piece is a quarterback. Well, the missing piece came... And there were other missing pieces. The problem and,
3: was the fairy godmother lost the slipper on the way to the ball for <laughs> Sam Hartman at times. That's right. If you I know mean, where I'm going. Right.
5: So there was this inexperienced wide receiver core. There was a little bit more growth curve with the offensive line. You had a an offensive coordinator that was kind of finding his way, and there was no backstop for that. And so – it didn't turn out to be you you look at those 3 games that Notre Dame lost those were all winnable games. Notre Dame oh. could have had that storybook. And so people were like, "Well, why should why not Steve Angeli? He looked pretty good. He threw 75% of his passes when he was in there." And and I don't disagree that Steve Angeli progressed a lot. I think Steve Angeli was happy Sam Martin was here cuz he learned a lot. And he's going to get his opportunity to play in the bowl game against a diluted Oregon State defense with a diluted Notre Dame offense. So Um, the one thing I do like, for the first time, a team will fully
3: prepare – to defeat Steve Angeli. When he comes in and mop up roles, they haven't planned for him. Right. This will maybe be a game somebody will try to take something away that he does very well. I'm not sure Oregon State can do that, but this is the first time he will be game-planned for, and I'm really interested to see what Oregon State comes up with and how
5: Steve Angeli reacts. The ideal scenario, in my opinion, Darren, for Riley Leonard is is that he develops as a passer – in Notre Dame's offense, that he becomes a much better than average passer. He's pretty average passer right now. He gives you one skill set already that helps you defeat the loaded box, and that's his running ability. You can load the box against him. And Notre Dame was able to get work their way out of it, sometimes with the in sometimes with Deshaun Kaiser, where they didn't necessarily have to have that downfield. But boy, when they had both, like 2015, bingo. I mean, that was what you really wanted.
3: Could you give our listeners a great example? And this was fantastic when you told me this yesterday. But the Hurricane game down in Clemson, if I'm not mistaken, that's the right game? Correct. When Notre Dame, they were getting stuffed. CJ Procise couldn't do anything against that Clemson defense. The Irish switched up how they attacked that loaded box. And what you saw that night, Eric, you believe could be sort of a trump card for the Irish this year with Riley
5: Leonard. Right. So Notre Dame got down in that game with crummy defense and crummy offense, and then they were working their way back. And Clemson was stuffing their traditional run game. And and this is Nick Martin, Ronnie Stanley, uh, Quentin Nelson, younger Quentin Nelson, younger Mike McGlinchey, but, I mean, a pretty darn – Offensive line full of pros, and they were getting stuffed. And so Notre Dame went to the quarterback running game with Deshaun Kaiser, and they also started throwing to CJ Procise, Bingo. who had been a wide receiver, and got him on the edge. And they crawled back into that game and were a two point conversion away, and some bad two point conversion decisions prior to that, but a two point conversion away from getting into that. It was a similar scenario against, and people will laugh now, against Temple, but that year, in 2015, Temple was a top-25 team. Matt Rule was their coach. They had the defensive player of the year, um, and they were really difficult to run a traditional run game. And again, Deshaun Kaiser in that game became the antidote. So in the Clemson game, he was Notre Dame's leading rusher, 55 yards on 14 carries, one touchdown. Um, And his passing, he was about, you know, a little over 50%, a couple of touchdowns, threw an interception, got sacked four times, so that took off of his running yards. But he was the reason Notre Dame got back into that game. And C.J. Procise did a great job. He had four catches for 100 yards and one touchdown, rushing the ball, 15 carries, 13 yards, that's how much Clemson stuffed their running game. So not only could they load the box, they also had NFL front four, two, and front seven. And so Riley Leonard gives you an answer to that. But again, if he can give you two answers to that, so that's why Notre Dame's 2015 offense was so effective all season, because they had Will Fuller on the outside they had a running game, and then they had Deshaun Kaiser. And what they didn't have was a defensive coordinator, and they had Brian Van Gorder, and that cost them from getting to the playoff that season. I want
3: to read something to you. As we talk about Riley Leonard joining this Fighting Irish Football program, you laid out he is a dynamic runner, he is physical. Yep. running the football. The game against Notre Dame, he did not have a great passing day, but he was a difference maker. He turned the game around when Duke decided to give him the football more, kind of like you were just talking about in the Notre Dame games. So I asked an analyst who has broken down his film just to give a couple of thoughts on Riley Leonard. My main question was, how would you describe his arm strength? I call it adequate. Was I being fair in that analysis? And the analyst told me, yes. Good enough, not elite. He has zero elite traits. He has good traits, but nothing elite. Ball placement is below average, and his deep ball throwing is below average. Now, on Twitter, I made the comment when all this was announced, when people started talking about, and I did not agree with this, that Riley Leonard can make all the throws. Now, you can make all the throws once, Eric, but that doesn't mean you make all the throws. You have to do it consistently. So I asked someone that you are familiar with that knows a whole lot about Duke football. This question, is the narrative that Duke's lack of skill caused Leonard's passing numbers to suffer while at Duke? Is that fair or off the mark? And they responded, eh, there's some accuracy in that. They got better play from the wide receivers last season than this one. But I agree with the point you made on Twitter, if he could make all of the throws, be going to the NFL, right? That doesn't mean Notre Dame's getting a bad football player. That's not what I'm saying. I just don't want people to expect he's going to be throwing darts all over the field and the RPOs are going to be rolling and they're going to throw play action against man defense and it's going to be spectacular. He has the capability, Eric, I think to do that. But what we have on tape right now shows he is not a complete passer. Again, with his pedigree running the football, I would call him a high football IQ guy. Physically, he's ready for the NFL. The missing trait is consistency throwing the football. I even had someone say this to me, that he's in book 2.0 to an extent. He'll read the first progression and then he'll take off and run that's one person's opinion not saying that's fact but that's people I've asked giving me their assessments so of all that information I gave you right there do you agree with any of that does anything stand out from that conversation
5: i think there's a lot of um, a lot to like in that conversation and and i'm looking at Gino Goduli is a big piece in this too um because he developed a guy that was very similar in skill set to Riley Leonard, and that's Desmond Ritter. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at Desmond Ritter's <clears throat> college stats, his passing efficiency stats, and how much better he got over the years. Um, he, you know, from his sophomore year to his senior year was a huge jump uh, in terms of his decision making, in terms of his accuracy. Uh, and so this will be helpful. This is a player that's in Gino Gadouli's wheelhouse in terms of, I can help him with the run game. I can help him with the pass game. I can help him toggle back and forth. What will be interesting is if his skill set helps Jared Parker. And you, you would say, well, wait a second. Isn't he, Jared Parker supposed to help Ryan Leonard? I mean, that's going to be his... Assignment this winter is to retool Notre Dame's offense to make the best out of this guy. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I think he gives Jared Parker some answers against the loaded box. Yes. But Jared Parker's job is to give him checkmate instead of check with the loaded box. Oh, yeah. Well, I can run it and I can also beat you. That's also incumbent about some other things happening like Notre Dame. Notre Dame's new tackles being pretty good, which there's a lot of talent there. But you're losing Joe Alton and Blake Fisher with Chris Mitchell from Florida International being a true deep threat on the outside, and the other receivers kind of stepping up as well. Notre Dame's still shopping for another a portal wide receiver. They already have two, so there are some other things, and certainly, you know, that Notre Dame's running backs that. Jeremiah Love and the other guys are what you think they are going to be, Jadarian, Jadarian, Price, and so forth. But it's really interesting because Gino Gadulli is a big part of this. And when you look at the rest of the depth chart, most of these guys kind of have that skill set. C.J. Carr's a little bit more dual threat than he's probably given credit for. Kenny Menchie is definitely. Deuce Knight is the (laughs) dictionary picture of dual threat (laughs) so this is a good thing for jared parker and gino gaduli kind of going down this road i'd say steve angeli's the least dual threat but he's not a statue either